And, and, and full disclosure, too, I, I'm, I told uh, our tech team to pump up my audio. I've been sick all week. I tested negative for COVID, but still, um, you might have to bear with me a little bit as my voice probably continues to get softer and softer throughout the message today. But we're preaching God's word today, and I know God is with us. God is with you as we together are studying God's word. If you are new with us, Charter Oak Church all summer is studying the biblical book of First John. The biblical book of First John. And we're doing that because we as Christians, we want to know God's word so we can do what God's word says. We think that's the most important thing on the planet for us to know God's word and do what it says. So yes, we are studying God's word. We are going deep into God's word. If you are new with us today, do not worry. You can jump in right where we are in 1 John chapter 3. And if you need a Bible, if you want a Bible that you can write in and take notes in, we've got you covered. You can grab a Bible here at our connect table or on our prayer station. And it's really cool. We've given a lot of Bibles away this summer, and I am so very happy about that. Hey, whether you are new to studying the Bible or not, the Apostle John is very blunt. I don't know if you've gotten that notion, if you've been with us. John is blunt. He was writing in the days of the early church. John was literally writing in the first half, uh, the second half, I'm sorry, the later half of the first century when the Christian church was brand new and the Christian church at that time was struggling. They weren't only fighting persecution from outside, but much worse, they were fighting division from the inside, biting and devouring each other from the inside. And John didn't have time to fool around. He had to be blunt. What John is telling his readers is what they needed to hear. So when you read this letter of 1 John, you're going to get this sense today if you're new with us. John is telling his readers what they need to hear. And quite frankly, the language is shocking. John's black and white language is shocking to us today who live in a shades of gray society. It's shocking. I mean, last week, if you were with us, John basically tells Christians that, hey, you've got to be careful that you really are children of God because some of us are actually children of the enemy. That's not what we want to hear. Maybe that's not what you and I want to hear today as we crack open our Bibles. Because a lot of times we, we want the Bible to be nice and kind and, and comforting. At the end of the day, we want the Bible to just agree with us. I mean, just like a good friend, right? I don't know about you, but when I'm going through my most difficult times and when I go to hang out with a friend, I want that friend to comfort me. I want that friend to be nice and kind to me, to commiserate with me. And at the end of the day, I want that friend, when I'm going through my worst struggles, to just basically agree with everything I'm doing. And friends will do that. Friends will tell you what you want to hear. But our best friends will tell us what we need to hear. Amen. I, I, I know somebody understands that, that difference. 
Our friends will tell us what we want to hear, but our best friends will tell us what we need to hear. And the Apostle John is being a very, very good friend to us because he is telling us what we need to hear. Friends, there are some things that you need to hear today. There are some friends that, there are some things that I need to hear today. This is something that somebody today needs to hear in a shades of gray culture you and I have a black and white faith. In a shades of gray culture, you and I have a black and white faith. And we get to choose whose child we are. This is how we finished up last week. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Now that's blunt. That's blunt. Please remember throughout the entirety of the next few minutes as we go through this message that it is the ones who love us the most who tell us what we need to hear. And today's message is a love story. Today's message is a love story. We are in 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 18. I'm going to read through this. If you are taking notes in your Bible, would you circle every instance of the word love? Because today's story is a love story. This is verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and who murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is because today's message is a love story. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of Christ, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Oh, this is the word of God, and today's story is a love story. Let's break this down, because we've got to talk about this. We've got to discuss it. We've got to let the Spirit of God show us exactly what John intends here. Verse 11 says this, for this is the message you heard from the beginning, we should love one another. You've heard this from the beginning, we should love one another. If you're taking notes in your Bible, please feel free to circle that phrase, love one another. Highlight it, draw stars around it, draw smiley faces around it, whatever you want to do, because this is the message you heard from the beginning, love one another, make absolutely no mistake our faith is about love if we ever get confused if we ever get sucked into the world's infighting don't 
Because God is love. And our faith is love. If you want to have a really, really beautiful experience, sometime today, maybe even sometime this week, take where you are in your Bible and write in the margins, right here in 1 John chapter 3, every biblical verse you can think of off the top of your head, if you know the Bible, that has to do with love. You'll be there for a while. If you have to look it up, if you have to Google search scriptural references to love, do it. You'll be there for a while. Let me get you kick-started. What's one of the most famous verses that has to deal with love? What at least used to be the most famous Bible verse. How about John 3.16? Anyone know it? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the, found, that's, that's, that's the most famous Bible verse. We at least used to see it at football games. For good reason. It's a very good summary of our faith. How about another verse that has to deal with love? How about the greatest commandment? Jesus said the greatest commandment is this. You can find it in Matthew chapter 22. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love, love, love. Back to 1 John. Again, he writes, you've heard this from the beginning. We should love one another. Verse 12, check this out. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and who murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Okay, so we know not to murder, right? We know not to murder, but the story goes deeper than that, of course. What John here is referencing is the story of Cain and Abel. You can find that in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. You may even write that scripture reference in the margin there if you are taking notes. Genesis chapter 4. I urge you to read the story of Cain and Abel for yourself today. If you read that account, you will read an account of two brothers, both of whom gave offerings to God, both of whom loved God. They both sacrificed to God. They both gave offerings to God. But here was the difference between Abel and Cain. Abel gave his absolute best to God. Cain, Cain did not give his best. Cain did not give his best to God. And Cain needed to be confronted about that. Cain needed one of those best friends in his life that could come into his life and speak truth. God was the one who himself spoke into Cain's life. God simply pointed out that Cain was not giving his best. If you know the story, Cain did not act kindly to that. He did not act with humility or repentance. Cain acted with anger and defensiveness and Cain killed his brother Abel in a fit of rage. Now we got to be very careful with this story because Cain's story, but for the grace of God, is our story. Cain wasn't a bad guy. 
Cain wasn't an evil person until he killed his brother, of course. Cain offered to God. Cain sacrificed to God. Cain loved God. But the only problem is Cain's version of love was our society's version of love today. Here's what I mean by that. Our society has a very strange definition of love, doesn't it? It's football season. Or it's, that's why I asked any fall people out there. The reason I love fall is because of football. I love football. Training camp starts in less than two weeks. Back in Latrobe, thank God. Very excited for that. Didn't know if they were coming back or not. I love football. I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's the deal with that, though. If the Pittsburgh Steelers start going on a losing streak, I don't need to watch them. I don't need to support them, even though I love the Steelers. If the Steelers do something dumb, like rename their stadium something absolutely asinine, I don't need to support them. I'm not going to Akershore Stadium. I'm just not. If I do, I'm going to go to Heinz Field. I don't care what they call it. I don't care how much it costs. I love the Steelers, but I don't really need to support them or show it or buy the jerseys or go to the games or even watch the games. All kidding aside, that's Cain's version of love. You know what Cain's version of loving God was? Wishy-washy. Shades of gray. And God himself confronted Cain about it. And the Apostle John is confronting you and I about the exact same thing today. It is so tempting for you and I to be a Cain-style Christian. What does it mean to be a Cain-style Christian? It's when we say we love God and don't give our best to God. This is blunt. This is blunt. Do you love God? Do you have, have you experienced the love of Jesus Christ? Do our actions reflect it? Do you love God? Does your love of neighbor reflect it? Do you love God? Does your offering reflect it? Does your prayer life reflect it? Does how you study your Bible reflect it? Maybe that's not what you want to hear today. Maybe it's what somebody needs to hear today. Today's message, friends, is a love story. It's a love story. Which makes the next thing that John is going to write to us very jarring. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. There are two reasons today why the outside world may hate the church. Sometimes church, let's just be very, very honest, we act like fools. Sometimes church, we act like hypocrites. And when that happens, we deserve the persecution. I'm just going to be blunt with you today. But that's not what John is talking about. John is saying that when we love, the world is still going to hate us. That doesn't make any sense. How could the world hate us if we love the world and sacrifice for the world and serve the world? How could the world hate us? 
you're taking notes in your Bible, you may put a little asterisk here and write down this reference. John 15, 18. Where Jesus says this, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. That doesn't make any sense to me. Sometimes we Christians act like fools. Sometimes we Christians act like hypocrites. Jesus never did. And you know the world hated Jesus. How could the world hate Jesus? Because he was pure love. He was pure service. And he was pure sacrifice. How in the world did we hate Jesus? Jesus himself tells us, and it's very simple. It's in that next verse in the Gospel of John. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world. I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Christians, we live a different lifestyle. We love differently than the world loves. God's version of love and the world's version of love are two completely different things. Hold on to that thought because it may be the most important thing you hear today. For now, let's continue. We're back in 1 John verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates, listen to this, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is blunt. This is harsh. We know that we are not supposed to hate or dislike anybody, any human being. But to equate hate with murder? That's a little much, isn't it? Who does John think he is? Do you understand that John did not come up with this concept of equating hate with murder? Do you know who equated hating with murder? Jesus did. Jesus did. Write Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 22 in the margin of your Bible. Jesus says this, You have heard it said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or a sister will be subject to judgment. Anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So Jesus, bear with us here because this is the most beautiful thing. Jesus tells us that if we're unjustly angry with another human being, we're guilty of breaking the sixth commandment, which is thou shalt not murder. That's different. That's black and white. And if you're looking at this, if you're reading this, you might be saying to yourself the same thing I say to myself when I read this. Where's the grace? Where's the grace in a statement like this? Here's the grace 
Christians. And remember, John is writing to people who claim to be Christians, not the outside world. Here's the grace, Christians. We are called to love like Jesus Christ loved us. That's the bottom line. How can this not be a statement of grace? Jesus loved us so much that he came to this earth to sacrifice himself for us. And we, who are recipients of that grace, are called to sacrifice ourselves for people who don't yet believe in Jesus Christ. We love sacrificially. So Christians, you know what we do? We serve our neighbor. We love our neighbor. We tell our neighbor about Jesus Christ. You know what we do, Christians? We host vacation Bible school in the summers. We travel down to Logan County, West Virginia to build houses for people. And oh, by the way, we're going to tell them about Jesus Christ. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to serve dinner and eat dinner with the kids of Hutchison Elementary during the school year. Amen. Hey, when God opens a door to start a ministry in the Greensburg-Salem Middle School, we're going to walk through that door because we love sacrificially. That's what we do. That's what we do, Christians. That's what we do, church. If we don't love with the love of Jesus Christ... Do we know Jesus? That's what John is inviting us to explore. And it is such a good thing for you and I to look into the mirror and to explore for ourselves. If we're not loving with the love of Jesus Christ, do, do we know Jesus? And certainly if we hate other people, do we really know Jesus? Can I be blunt with you today because I love you so much? Can I be a best friend to you today because I love you so much? There is somebody here today who is living a lifestyle who does not reflect the love of Jesus Christ that they claim to know. There's somebody here today living a lifestyle that, re, that, that, that doesn't reflect the God that they claim to know. I emphasize this because I love you. And John writes about this because he loves us. John wrote us a love letter 2,000 years ago, by the way. This is 1 John 3.16. 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Isn't it a weird parallel that this isn't John 3.16, this is 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is, in case we were confused. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If we're still confused, if there's still any ambiguity about that, let's get very specific in the next verse. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God, how can the love of God be in that person? No room for ambiguity here. This is black and white. Have you ever wondered... Sincerely, 
What does a disciple of Jesus Christ look like? I want to love God. I want the Spirit of God to work through me. But how do I do that? If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Can I be blunt? If you read through 1 John and you don't know what a disciple of Jesus Christ looks like, you don't want to know what a disciple of Jesus Christ looks like. Church, what are we doing? What are we doing, church, in, 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 the, in, the, face, in the face of injustice, American church? It is so easy to look the other way. In the face of need in our community, church, it is so easy to look the other way. In the face of sin, it is so easy to look the other way. When a neighbor of ours is in need, it is so easy for us as Christians to look the other way. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, if you know it, <laughs> are we the Good Samaritan? Or are we the look-the-other-way Levite? Are we Cain or are we Abel? 1 John 3, 18 says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech. Let us love with action and in truth. Now that's a verse you can tattoo on your heart. That's a verse you can print out and put on your nightstand so you see it every single day. As we close today, let us be as absolutely blunt as possible. There are two versions of love that exist in our world today. There is the world's version of love and there is God's version of love. Do you have a sense of what the world's version of love is? The world's version of love is shades of gray. To the world, love is a feeling. It's an emotion. It's something that can go away. The world's love hoards. It's self-indulgent. The world will use love to justify sin. That's interesting. And above all else, the world's version of love hates Jesus Christ because God's love is the antithesis of what the world is trying to sell us on love be very very careful when the world tries to sell you on love do you know what true love is do you know what I think you do I, we have a definition of love we have a definition. Have you been to a wedding lately? What is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not proud. It is not easily angered. That's what love is. Love never fails. Love always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes always perseveres. Friends, love is not a feeling or an emotion. Love is a person. It is Jesus Christ. 
He came to earth 2,000 years ago to demonstrate beyond a shadow of a doubt what love is. And church, that's what we reflect because that's our testimony. At Charter Oak Church, we want to be humble servants. We want to be people who leverage our call and spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ. And so to be lovingly blunt with you today, you and I have a choice. Which version of love do we buy into? Because they are two very different things. Are we following the world's version of love? Or Christ's version of love? Church family, I'm so glad to be on this journey with you. The journey of love, the journey of discipleship, the journey of transformation, not just for us in our own hearts, but the transformation of this community and the transformation of the world. Let's pray. Lord God, would you do a work in us? Would you break our hearts of stone? Would you help us to see how seductive the world is? And would you help us to reject the way of the enemy? To reject the way of the world, but to love the people of the world so much so that they see something different. Not a temporary emotion. Not a feeling that can go away or change. I hope that they see the love of Jesus Christ in us as we serve As we serve, as we serve, Father God, it's in your precious Son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we close in worship?